Hello, everyone. I'm Janine Stanley. I am the Director of Communications here at IRA. And today we have a very special program for everyone. We have a show that we are calling A Year in Review. And we are going to do a little looking back, a lot of looking forward. And I would like to welcome our panel today. We have Mr. Ryan Bishop, who's pulling all the levers and monitoring the chats and everything. Hey, Ryan. Hey, everyone. Hope everyone's having a good day. I'm looking forward to this event today. I, mm -hmm. You know, it's 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about we it. We thought it would never come, right? <laughs> exactly. I actually got into a car without a mask today. It's It was kind of scary, mm -hmm. but yeah. Mm. <laughs> You know that 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 that's just it, though, right? I mean, I know, I know. no masks. I mean, well, some places no masks. <laughs> Not in this city, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, we also have with us today my regular host of afternoon at the museum at this time, typically Miss Stephanie Watts. Hey, Stephanie. Hi, Janine. Hi, everyone. So glad to be here with you all today, coming from hot Sacramento. Or it's a hundred bazillion. Uh, uh. <laughs> and joining us once again, we met her going to Mars, and now we're going to meet her on Earth, Miss Dana Lambert. Hello, Dana. How are you? Good afternoon. Glad to be here. And also, my uh, co-attendee is uh, <laughs> is Caleb. He may be popping in and out of here. <laughs> the Zoom bomber today. And Caleb so has just turned two last month. So that's <laughs> uh, so exciting. And finally, last but not least, Agent Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Hello, hello. How are we doing hey. today, everybody? What a, a glorious day. Today is yeah. the first federally observed Juneteenth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How amazing is that? Isn't that incredible? Because, Very amazing. And it's that piece of it's happening today because, of course, tomorrow, the official day, is a Saturday. But today, it's being observed. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and a little bit about a lot of things. We've been undertaking an effort here at IRA throughout the past year. And it's actually, it's always kind of been part of our corporate culture, but we realized we wanted to step it up a little. After all of the events last year, we really wanted to delve into some things. And we have to start out with our CEO, Mr. Troy Attilio. So Ryan, we want to cue him, get him in here. Hello, everyone. What an incredible week with the passage of Juneteenth as a federal holiday. This event gives us all even more cause to reflect and consider the past, but perhaps more impactful, consider the future. Think of the origins of Juneteenth and what it meant at the time and just how far we still have to go. Consider the lynchings, Jim Crow, separate but not equal, creation of ghettos, unequal opportunity, police violence, I could go on. Think about how last year, and even continuing now, we were or currently are witness to the tip of the iceberg in the form of police violence is just one example. So yes, we still have a lot of work to do as a society. Yet Juneteenth is a celebration and a recognition of an important event and one that we are all incorporating here at IRA, not just as our newest company holiday, 
but as you'll hear in the next hour, what justice equality means for a service like IRA. Juneteenth is also that cause for optimism. I think for me, and, and hopefully for many, Juneteenth is evidence that activism can make change and can shine light on injustice. My personal hope is that we as individuals now, and even more so, continue to operate more consciously and challenge our own beliefs as it relates to inequality. And then think about Ira's culture. Um, culture is something you can't dictate in an organization. Culture really is you know, the reflection of the people and it's the, you know, the combined values that uh, an organization like IRA holds. And, and therefore, you know, IRA's culture is designed by the employees and agents who work tirelessly and passionately to deliver the, deliver the service. Excuse me. Um, as a company founded on the mission to provide independence, we have attracted individuals who care deeply about equality. Race, sexual orientation, and of course, um, what some may call a disability should never factor into one's ability to pursue their life streams. I mean, it's that simple. And I think everyone here at IRA holds that value. Yet, some, some individuals here at IRA have experienced or continue to experience the ugliness and are harmed by prejudice and injustice. So, we not only share it from a common belief, but I know many. Um, unfortunately, are in that category that is, um, you know, sometimes affected by that ugliness. Either way, as a result of our culture, it is in our soul to align with and support other missions, such as Black Lives Matters, to celebrate Juneteenth and to continue to focus on how we can materially improve the lives of all with focus on our community of people who are blind. So my hope and the passion of everyone here at IRA is to help in our small way to create a future that is guided by caring people who dream of a better world for all. Thank you. Thank you so much, Troy. Very, very powerful message there from our CEO, and we appreciate his support. As over the past year, a small group of employees at IRA have been involved in an effort to increase our outreach and make sure that everyone feels comfortable either working for IRA or working with IRA. So today, we thought we would structure our panel with four questions. And I will begin my first question to the four of you and five of Caleb would like to answer is uh, this time last year, the country was in a very different place and it was different for everyone. I think everyone had their own version of how it was so different, but think back to that, that point in time and, and how were you feeling then? And, and what, what was your kind of outlook on the world at that point? I think I'll start with Stephanie. Um, this time last year, I recall feeling, um, I think, confused, uh, optimistic, a little afraid. Um, it was a mixture of emotions um, because this was not yet a month 
away from the murder of George Floyd. Um, I felt that in order to maybe begin to um, make sense of it and help um, facilitate change, I wanted to do something. I wasn't quite sure what that something was. And um, it's um, interesting because it's about this time last year that as an IRA explorer, and I've been one now for maybe three or four years, um, but I had a conversation with an IRA employee who connected me with Troy and Troy and I had a conversation. He wanted to reach explorers. I am African-American, um, by the way, for those who are not able to visually see me um, or otherwise black American of African descent, whichever you prefer. But I had a delightful conversation with Troy and um, it led I think indirectly to this wonderful opportunity to be a co-host on Afternoon at the Museum. And um, so I think in a nutshell, I just, I felt, like I said, confused as in what are we doing? Why are we still fighting a battle that um, is a well over a hundred years old with respect to Black Lives Mattering? Our lives have always mattered, but we're still fighting a battle that we started fighting many decades, many years ago. Um, and fortunately, activism has enabled me to feel optimistic. So I will stop there. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. How about Dina? How about you? You are a, a new mom. This time last year, we had pandemic, all sorts of things. How are, how are you feeling? I think. I mean, honestly, and I'm, I'm walking around a little because I'm, I'm trying to be the chef of popsicles. Um, but I think this time last year, just like Stephanie, I mean, I felt like I was holding my breath for what seemed like the next thing, you know, anticipating the next tragedy or the next thing. And it just felt so heavy. And having a, a black son I just I sometimes I would see every single one of these um um every one of the the pictures of George Floyd and and his daughter and anyone else just I would see pieces of him you know I I felt like I almost lost a year of enjoying my then one and a half year old to seeing him only as this future black man, which it kind of steals away a piece of that that childhood that I think a lot of black families struggle with is, you know, having to give our children skills so that they can survive. And that was that was scary. Now I feel like I can kind of relax a little bit and um, enjoy him being a two year old and handing out popsicles. But now I feel like because we've been having these intentional conversations, I have more of a sense of community and recognition for what the weightiness may be, but also vocalizing amongst friends the shared experiences that we may have as mothers or as daughters and sons, but also friends who may not be Black 
of just knowing that, hey, there may be more going on behind the scenes than just, you know, waking out of bed and going to work. So it, it, it's, it's, there's a bit of ambiguity <laughs> of what's going on this past year. <laughs> that's, that's definitely a fair look at it. Uh, Kyle, how about you? you? You're an agent. You see a lot of people's lives and, and you were very active in your own life. So what did it look like this time last year? Yeah, it's it's a hard one to actually quantify the feeling. But for me, it was almost like a feeling of paralyzation. Like you were seeing everything unfold before you on the television. You weren't allowed to go outside and you know, try to do something about it. You know, quarantines were still, you know, pretty high, lots of lockdowns. And in a sense, I kind of felt helpless, you know, like you keep seeing the same thing happen over and over and over again. And it's like, why, why in 2021 with all of the technological advances with all of the other um, like rights and different laws, why are we still fighting about this? Like, this is not something to fight over. Like, just get it done already because this is ridiculous. So it was like paralyzed because you couldn't go out and do anything about it. Frustrated because it's happening and happening and happening. And it's like, <laughs> you, that's how I felt. Like, what hands up in the air. Like, what are we doing with this world? Like, this is our America. Everyone here is a part of the winning combination of of us, you know, like everybody matters. Doesn't matter if you're black, Asian, white, you know, LGBTQ, like me being a part of the LGBTQ community. Um, I have been persecuted against to my face, but I am still a white male. Somebody has to actually have to ask me or see me with my partner before I would experience prejudice. Whereas someone who is a black American they don't get that. It's just automatically sometimes from some of these people out there. And thinking about that for myself kind of went through a really deep place because I've, I've felt it very, you know, like once in my life, yes. And I know there is some other stigmas around that, but going and putting myself in their shoes of just great. If I walk out the door, no matter what I do, somebody could have an adverse opinion of me just for being me. Um, and I tried to put myself in, you know, different scenarios. Like if I'm driving to the grocery store and I see a policeman drive by, if I was black, I would be holding my breath. And that is not something I want to happen to anybody that lives in this country. Like we need to reform things to have truly like police should be there to protect and serve. Like I want to be able to wave to them as they drive past being like, hi, hopefully you're having a good day. Not, oh, hold my breath. I hope something doesn't get overlooked or get taken out of hand and you know another senseless statistic gets added because these are people's lives their mothers daughters you know brothers sisters cousins business owners you know every part of normal society and it was very hard to like really digest for me um just kind of coming from from a place of you know experiencing it a little bit but still nowhere to the degree that other Americans are experiencing prejudice. So it was, it was kind of a, a hard pill to swallow, but I will say that, you know, being an agent and working with a, a lot of explorers definitely did help. You know, it, it definitely brought the, uh, 
the light at the horizon or the light at the end of the tunnel, if you will, of all the cool things that people are doing in their lives despite that, you know, just pushing forward, seeing all that activism, seeing the collective conscious of America shift definitely provided me some hope that the future is going to be brighter. And yes, it's going to be hard work to get there, but that's what it is. You know, anytime there's a big change, you got to work. Things are going to get messy, but they always get messy before they get clean. And that's, that's my view of it. Like whenever I clean my house, everything comes out, it's everywhere. It's even more disarray, but it's going to look better at the end. So that's kind of where I, 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 I like it. that. I like that. I love it. I do too. I, love it. I like that, Kyle. Thank you. Now, Ryan, you know, you're a young guy. You, you at that time had a fiance. Your life was like, we were rolling into convention and we were busy. And how did this all take you? Because we were like in the midst of quarantine and all that on one hand. And on the other hand, you know, it, job is just going crazy. So how did this all land with you? Well, I think, you know, it, it all started for me. I mean, we all know it. Like it all started for me back when COVID hit. I, I think like, you know, I was I was in San Francisco, um, I, you know, getting uh, getting guide dog. and. Uh, you know, it, it started there because, you know, when uh, when they shut everything down and they sent everybody home early, um, I was already like spiraling downhill. Like I had I had paired with this dog for over 10 days um, and then got sent home. Um, and I remember going home and, you know, everything, everything was out of whack. I mean, um, you know, you 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 go to the store there was nothing there you you go you go to all these places there was nothing there and then going into watching tv which is what anybody could have done at this point in time because you know you couldn't go out everything was so brand new and you know we see all the things that started to happen all the all the riots that went down all the all the things that went down you know i think it was it's unbelievable to me um you know we went from it, it it just watching everything play out was was absolutely insane um i don't know how many people know but we had a huge local thing uh that happened here uh that that hit closer to home uh, than most expect we had a, a guy who was in that was in one of the riots here and and uh he had got into the the police station uh afterward and the police uh uh, did something to him uh, and it, he no longer lived. And there was a lot of police brutality and riots all throughout the city for it. And I think, you know, it really, I have a lot of friends um, who, who are in the, um, are in just a lot of these situations. And when you talk to different people and you hear their stories and then, um, I got to call it out. Like we did afternoon at the museum and we did some of those really heart touching museums where, you know, you'd get everybody's personal experiences. You'd get everybody's, everybody's thoughts. Like, I think like a lot of the times you just, it was unbelievable. Uh, some of the stories and some of the things you'd hear. And I just can't believe that back in the day of MLK to today, we're still going through the same thing. It's, it's just, you, you want to believe that we've moved forward and you want to believe that we've, we've gotten somewhere, but yet, you know, I feel like we're, we're still fighting that same battle today. I think that we're more collected now um, and we all understand uh, and have more, have more thoughts on what we can do. Um, I just think that, you know, there's a lot more, there's, there's a lot more going on 
Um, you know, back then it was race, right? Now it's disability, race, everything else, everything else attached to it. And I think that there's, there's so much more, you know, I remember I've experienced it in disability, you know, going out, it's, uh, you know, people just asking questions to you. It's the small things, right? Like I remember going to a store and, uh, you know, uh, doing a small thing, like getting stuff off a checkout counter and somebody going, well, why isn't he looking down at the bags that he's putting in or just asking these silly questions that at the end of the day, you hear it every day and you're, you, you think you're used to it, but then just when you least expect it, that one question just kind of makes you feel like crap. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that one thing where it's like, people don't realize, and, and I understand it's just people not knowing, right? But people don't realize that sometimes what they're saying can just punch you in the face at the worst time. Yeah. And I think through this past year, I think it's, it's much more amplified because we couldn't go out. We couldn't do any of those things that, you know, you'd normally would do. And so we, everybody had time to reflect and see it. Um, and I think that going forward, I, all I hope is that going forward, we learn from this and, and, and we, and we get better together because being separated, being segregated, being anything is not going to solve anything. Um, and I, and I hope just, you know, now raising a child in this, in this, these next few years, like I just, I really hope that we all learn that things can be better and, you know, it's just so difficult. <laughs> yeah. And I, I empathize you, with the tired. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think uh, this time last year, I was really tired, very tired for a number mm. of reasons. And it just, I've been an advocate for a long, long time, it feels like, mm-hmm. and, you know, at least 35 years, and right in the thick of a lot of advocacy, and I didn't know where to start, I didn't know what to do, and I thought, okay, I can't do anything, you know, I was paralyzed, like you guys said, and just, what do I do to support my neighbors and my friends, and you really nailed it, Ryan, just the cumulative effects of little things that people say and do, you know, and I'm sure that that really gets to all of us that are have, you know, some kind of marginalized thing. But when you're just thinking, OK, I'll just walk out my door and do my normal stuff. And that doesn't happen. That's a lot. That is a lot. So we've had a year to kind of reflect. And we all said this time last year that we were going to step into some hard learning. So this time, I will start with Kyle. Um, what kinds of things have you done this past year that you feel really, really helped and really kind of enriched you? Um, hard yeah. or fun, either one or all? <laughs> well, I will say I am just terrible with history in general. Like, when did World <laughs> War II happen? I don't know. I am no. just bad with history of all kinds. Um, for whatever reason, it just doesn't stick with me that well. I'm not trying to discount its importance, but what resonates more to me is the personal experience. Maybe that's the empath in me, you know, hence being an IRA agent, really having that high level of empathy for whoever you are interacting with. So I went about and just tried to put myself in different perspectives, you know, reading blogs, popping in on Facebook groups that are discussing current events, political activism, 
um, you know, looking at how the media was constructing things. And it's like, no, it doesn't always have to be this way or the other way. There, life is so many shades of gray. It's not yes. black or white. It's, it's the in-between that what makes us. So for me, um, learning was more about coming from a place of understanding um, and like truly putting myself, you know, into someone's shoes in, in all aspects, like how Dino was saying, like raising a child, what is the proper age to have that conversation with your child of you are a black man in this world, you need to watch out because people suck. <laughs> like that is never a conversation that I would think that I would need to have. So like really, truly trying to bring to my horizon, all sorts of perspectives, whether it is that, whether it is, um, you know, the professor who teaches at a university who was arrested on his front porch. Like, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> trying to not only like see that, but see how they react, you know, see how the people who are generally affected are reacting. And then where can I step in to help? Is it you know, posting more advocacy stuff? Is it making a donation to a cause if I am not able to get out, especially during the pandemic when they, you know, there's people who know the levers to pull, they just might need a little more funds in order to get that lever pulled down all the way or what have you. So that's kind of what, what I, uh, my perspective was, um, in addition of being an agent, we did have um, a lot of cool offers that I got to engage explorers with. So I did also have some of that history lesson along the way, whether I liked it or not. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it, it was really, uh, I would say, especially with um, Juneteenth, like I didn't really know about it until Donald Trump started talking about it. And that was a very polarizing thing internally for myself <laughs> to figure that out that way. But one of the like the takeaways and just like learning about the holiday and the celebration it's built on improving yourself and your community. Like what an awesome thing to rally around. Like I'm not idolizing, uh, you know, some figure from hundreds of years ago that may have done something good, but no, it's talking about your community and what are you all going to do to bring each other together, you know, through community service, through different actions of helping out your neighbor. And I thought that was my biggest takeaway was this is probably one of my new favorite holidays because it is just, it is so grounded in the empathy and a bright future and coming together for your community and i thought that was just awesome awesome and you guys are going to have a great celebration tomorrow in cleveland actually so that, yep freedom fest be, from 12 p.m awesome. to 10 p.m i'm very excited to join right. yeah so dana how about you um you are professional you know you're also a mom so have you even had time to do anything this past year <laughs> I think um, it and Kyle definitely has ways with words, a way with words. So um, I think this past year has taught me um, definitely as a mom that I need to conserve the energy, uh, whether it's physical energy, but also emotional energy. And a, a really specific example is, um, I you know, it because you know, it's so easy to feel like hurt and pain and uh, from, you know, what's been happening. Um, I, I think the tendency is to want to protect, you know, that, that energy. And um, I, I, I take my son to daycare every day. And as a blind person, I hired a driver to take me. And during the quarantine or during the pandemic, there's, you know, not a lot of people jumping up and down to 
you know, drives you in their car, especially to daycare where kids have a lot of germs. So um, one of the individuals that volunteered was a person that is fairly, uh, I would say, uh, extreme in their views, especially on social media. And that was really hard to, to see. And I'm like, oh, no, this is not what I'm signing up my son and I for every single day in a car. But my instead of cutting off that person and saying, no, there's no opportunity, you know, to work to, together, I think the work that Cal has been doing and having uh, conversations either on social media or with friends is kind of helping stand in the gap to where I can say, hey, let's take the risk um, where I still have the power to say no, I choose not to engage with a person, but I choose also to give them an opportunity to see them as an individual. And while their views on social media may say, no, I would never want to associate with that person, they're, they're still an individual. And while uh, the driver and I may never agree on everything, um, I have had over the past, I would say four months, had a chance to see him as, as a person. He sees me as a, a, a mom. Um, I know there's a lot of stereotypes that go into being a single mom, but I'm a single mom by choice, but not everyone has to know that. But he gets to, I get to challenge his views in an, uh, a, an, an intentional relational way Already. instead of just through Already. like a, a random post to a stranger on social media. So that's where it's like I in conserving my energy, emotional and physical, I, I can choose where I may have the most impact. Um, and in this case, it's it's turning out to be true so far. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I wish I had an applause sound effect because wow. <laughs> wow. And, you know, that was hard to do this past year to kind of bridge that gap. And, and my husband and I, who have similar, but it turns out sometimes very different political views, <laughs> had to have some of those conversations like, what did you just say what I heard you just say? <laughs> so, Stephanie, how about you? I hear you right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I I just echo some of what Kyle said and some of what um, Venus said. Um, the hard conversations are, you know, of course, hard. That's not a surprise to anyone. And, and in all candor, I typically am not the person that wants to go out and mix it up on Facebook or Twitter with people and hard conversations. And this was prior to the onset of the pandemic. Now, with the pandemic coming, of course, you, you have to reset things as a user of uh, Lyft and Uber services. You know, you realize, or at least I should say, I realized I am going to the likelihood be in a car with someone who doesn't really care to wear a mask or doesn't want to have a conversation for different reasons than myself or wants to express to me, maybe because of who I am and the way I look, because my, you know, my ethnicity comes with me. I can't hide it. Um, some people maybe feel emboldened to have um, an opinion and express it, not just have it, but express it. So um, what I did 
partly because of Ira and my interest in raising my hand to help with the um, initiatives put forth um, by Troy and the company last year. I raised my hand and said, yeah, how can I help? And again, I call it a blessing to have been a part of Afternoon at the Museum from the start. And so that helped to educate me because as Kyle, um, I, you know, I knew about Juneteenth as a holiday for, as an example, but I wasn't really, I mean, as a day, but I wasn't versed in it. And I'm so happy to see the one bright uh, spot of hope in our Congress that bipartisanship prevailed and the uh, holiday passed. So I'm happy about that and looking forward to celebrating tomorrow. But um, so being a part of Afternoon at the Museum did help to educate me. I mean, we visited some very, frankly, gut-wrenching museums. Yes. I say gut-wrenching in terms of the things that, that I learned. Maybe I knew some of it and forgot. Maybe some of it I never knew. Um, but it, it just, I peeled back a Band-Aid almost on some of these scars and wounds, you know, prejudice and racism and all of the things that we've experienced in this country. Um, and not just, of course, those of us folk of color, but people who are our allies catch a lot of heat for being our allies. And so um, what I did try to do, though, was avail myself of podcasts and different blogs and didn't do as much blog reading, perhaps, as um, others, maybe. But I did read and try to keep up with news, had to kind of meter and monitor that, um, you know, just to keep an emotional balance, because if I can't function, I'm too exhausted and overwhelmed by it all that I'm no good to anyone. So I had to monitor that. But yeah, trying to stay mm-hmm. on top of the news, trying to also, um, again, just take what I've learned from the museum show experiences. And I want to say, you know, to all of the people out there, and perhaps agents aren't listening because they're working, but for all the agents that participated, thank you so much. You know, I remember Wendell, Caleb, and Sierra, and forgive me for forgetting everybody else, but y'all know who you are if you if you have a chance to hear this uh-huh. this podcast. Um, from the hard stuff to the fun stuff. Um, it it like the zoo exhibits and the shed aquariums and the uh the Kwanzaa celebration Dr. Hughes yeah absolutely amazing amazing um and just all the shows in between so I I say all that to say that um I think understanding other people through listening being in the backseat of these lift cars um in some cars, drivers had the petitions up and other cars, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, as I understand it, everyone was wearing masks um, because they were on camera and Lyft said you had to, so you did. Yeah. Um, whether or not they wanted to, well, they did. <laughs> and we had these interesting <laughs> conversations at times and I found myself seeking to find what, because I figure it's a 15 to 20 minute ride in many cases seeking to find what's the common ground for us. What is it, I mean, putting our political differences aside and how we might even feel about the murder of George Floyd. Let, let's just set those things aside and see what common 
uh, things we have in common. And when I post the questions like that, quite often we had lots of things in common. Sometimes we enjoyed the same sport. Sometimes we felt, you know, similar views on education is important for everybody's child, whether your child is in my neighborhood or in Janine's neighborhood. I mean, we found common ground in these conversations and that mm -hmm. was intentional on my part because it's very easy to just get in the car and you hear the particular music playing and you think, okay, maybe it'll be a long ride. How's this gonna go? <laughs> yeah. Go. Yeah. <laughs> like, so what is your favorite baseball team? <laughs> and then you realize yeah. you know, we are people and sadly sadly what it has happened is i mean i understand politically we're all gonna select which, which positions we take on which issues and all that but sadly we've gotten to a place where we can't hear each other and i wanted to make it intentional that I listen to the driver and the driver listened to me. And I had a lot of good conversations with people, I'm sure, who had political differences different from mine. But I celebrated the things we had in common. Yeah. So, so Ryan, how about you? Well, you know, I, I, I have to agree with Stephanie. I, 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 although I, you had a lot more tact with that one than I did at first. Um, I remember, um, I remember in the beginning, um, after you know the whole thing with the with George Floyd on TV, going into an Uber, and it, Shay and I had gotten in this car and we started driving down the street, and this driver suddenly just started laying out all of his political stuff just out in the open, oh. just in the Uber, and I remember being like, okay, it's not that I don't want to talk about it, but I find that it's a lot more difficult to do it, especially in an Uber car with somebody that you have to you know get to the right place with um i think like you know i think you know after that you know it's it's not that you try to avoid those topics but really you try to get you know the the less the less controversial parts of it and i think that you know going through that time you know we got we got so used to not saying anything um and, and watching like i remember just Really, I think the way I handled a lot of this was a lot of research. I think I spent more time watching documentaries and watching um, really just history stuff than I can think of that I've done in the past year um, and really getting to understand more about what happened. I think I'm, I'm a little bit of a nerd in that way. Like I, somebody tells me something happened, um, you know, and I, and I want to know more about it. Like, I want to know what, what started the whole thing on both sides, not just one, but like, what, what, what did happen in this, in this argument or fight, you know, how did this go? Um, especially when it came to like, you know, MLK, things like that. Like I was always that kid growing up. And so this past year, it was, you know, a lot more just of understanding. I think the other big thing for me was listening to people. Um, yeah in a both a personal and professional act, you know, uh, you know, way. And one thing I'll say about Ira, um, you know, especially being here um, and everybody here can agree with me. We work in such a diverse company oh, yeah. of people. I mean, there is all sorts of people that work at Ira and it's, it, it, it's a very, very welcoming open place. But I think, in that regard, one thing is, you know, the ability that, you know, a lot of people 
like to listen, like to understand and like to, you know, like to be, like to be better at who they are. And I think, you know, really just getting to listen to people's different stories, different viewpoints, different things like that. And I think that helps you grow just as much as, you know, learning about history or, or being a part of it. Um, because, you know, you really get to hear from other people and, and, and the way they think. Um, Afternoon's Museum was a big one too. You know, and I think we've said that a lot. Like, you know, um, I think some of the deep ones for me were, you know, the, the, uh, the Veterans Memorial Museum. That was a really huge museum. Um, you know, getting to see some of the baseball museums, you know, when you saw some of the history in sports, I think was, you know, and, you know, how we had different teams and different, and, you know, certain people couldn't play and they had to fight and, you know, and I think like you, you see it everywhere, authors hiding their identities because they don't want you to know that they're female um, when they were posting books back in the day, uh, things like that. And I think, you know, that all just comes down to one thing and it's, you know, we're all, we were all, we're all, we all have our different views, but I think we all have the ability to be cohesive. And I think if people really took the time and saw that um, and really looked at the world in that way, the world would be a different place. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we all, we're all here to do the same thing. We all might be different people. Um, <laughs> but I think like, but I think, you know, there, there really is a way just like, you know, I think, you know, I had a friend tell me the other day, and, and I have to wonder if, you know, if, if, if he was right when he said, you know, back in the day, when people used to go outside and just talk to their neighbors outside um, and, and go outside their house, it didn't matter who you were, because that was the thing to do back then. You know, you, you go, you went outside, you talked to your neighbors, you got to know the people around you. As time went on, people started becoming more into themselves because they had their computers. They had the way to, a way to be anonymous. They had the way to be more, they had a way to be more, you know, Facebook, <laughs> you know? And I think that changed people a lot. Um, and, you know, you have to wonder where we're going in that regard, um, especially because I think, you know, when people were able to be more open with each other out in person, you saw a lot more of these, you know, sharing you saw a lot more just upfront things and you know it's just an interesting thought to go around but it's been a it's been an interesting year to say the least it certainly has and and i can tell you and not you know it's it, it, just a little little soft spot for that little thing called afternoon at the museum just a little bit but um when we when we started that show which uh, the episodes are available on our youtube channel so please avail yourselves of them because there's some great ones and i don't know stephanie you remember the first one we did the african-american museum of iowa mm, and we all yes. thought iowa yes. what the heck are we gonna iowa. learn in iowa but man and it sticks with me today when i put it in our special for tomorrow they had a segment yeah. the middle passage yeah. oh and I, I thought I had always had this image of, you know, oh, they're ships and they have benches and maybe they have bunks on the wall. No, no, that was not it at all. Yeah. yeah. These people were packed like Amazon boxes. I mean, wow. it's just, exactly. Just, exactly. Wow, this is like a treasure trove of like absolutely. Well, I'll say it, guys, like, and, and we'll just tell the world really quickly, oh. like, guys, we didn't plan. I mean, 
I, no. <laughs> I, you know, people, people will think, people think, oh guys, they, they, they set this thing up. They, they knew who were, who was coming to the show. They know, they know oh what they're going to look at. We, we didn't look, we, we didn't plan any of the afternoon museum shows. I, you know, I think the most planning that might've happened in the afternoon museum shows is the agent that we were going to have that day probably went on the website yep. and looked to make sure they had yep. content to, to look at. We had enough content, um, but, but we never talked ahead of time. Ooh. We never said anything. And I think that was my favorite thing about Afternoon yeah. Museum was that it was just so we just kind of it was on inspiring dove in and, and boy yes. we did not expect <laughs> and we dove in uh, yeah and I remember so, I left that show crying a couple times. Oh, so did I. <laughs> and the first time my husband watched the show about the Iowa Museum, he was crying. He came into yep. me and he was just you know like. Oh, I so needed. I'm to not ashamed to say it. Like I was crying. Like I, I oh, there were a I, bunch I of these that I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that was. Well, a tough one. you you guys and you say that, and I'm reminded of the Tuskegee Airmen show mm-hmm. that we yeah. did, where the the um one of them was court martialed. Yeah. Yep. You know he yeah. fought and had done all the things they did and all the accolades. He comes home, sir. You go that way. You go that way. Mm-hmm. And he he yep. did he disagreed and and now all of a sudden you're court martial. Yeah, and I mean we had that. I mean, when we had that first museum when we did um when we had Paul Mims and mm-hmm. um yeah that you know, was he started and and uh, he started going in on his personal on like, what happened to him uh yeah. you know and when it and and I think that's what really was great about Afternoon Museum was we looked at history but then we were able to bring it back and go well this actually happened to me and. That's where you start feeling it. And that's where these things just go. Oh, yeah. and, and to know people that this happened to. And mm-hmm. yes. you know, I did yes. not get how deeply something like that can embed itself in your culture. And then I started reading and kind of, you know, friends pointed out articles. And a dear friend of mine is a geneticist. And she sent me an article about how genetically we hold on to trauma through generations and generations. And it's like, well, yes. Yes. wow, that was just, and I mean, my people are, you know, we married into Native American tribes, a couple of them. So I've got that experience, but it, it's nothing, nothing like the description of that ship. And I don't know, and I'm not going to cry now, but it was just so enlightening for me to just shut up and listen because it's not my lane <laughs> mm-hmm. and, i felt that way about the yeah. memorial day show I, as yeah. i listened to the memorial day show mm-hmm. you know as much as i would have loved to have been a part of it i realized that the guests that day were it was destiny oh my to gosh. have oh, you guys on yeah. that day yeah. because of the description of the ceremony mm-hmm. uh, of the empty table yeah. was just yeah. riveting and and Paul has done that, you know. So yes, and he knows that. And yes, yes. Yeah, so and I have my father's flag. My uh, dad. I got my. I've got my grandfather's. Yeah. 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 And, and the 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 service they do for you um, at interment and the the flag being handed to you. Oh. There's no. Mm-hmm. I don't even. You, it's handed. It's folded. It's put in yeah. the. Yep. Holder and hand it to you and and um, you know we now have it a case built for it one of our dear friends built a case for it so it's oh, nice. you know that just that day having it handed to me 
And then fast forward to the Memorial Day show when they talked about the service and the ceremony. Yeah. You know? And then when you contrast that with our visit to Mars and how oh. all of this is in the big scheme of things, it there's all all, all of this has a place of importance and what we're doing space and the fact that so many people don't know about a lot of things. And I think Afternoon at the Museum gave people an opportunity to learn all kinds of history, whether it was our civil rights, human rights history, or the history of space exploration with you, Dina, and your colleagues. Um, uh, just, just again, I go back to the, the National Zoo in the day we Sun and uh, visiting the San Diego Zoo and and just having fun. I think it points out that we, I know people have said this, I've heard it said in politics circles, I've heard it said in other circles. We have, there's more that unites us than divides us. We've got more in common than different. It's so easy to forget. Exactly. Exactly. It's easy to forget it when you see the, the, of hatred and vitriol being flung around in the world in our country yes yes absolutely it's it's a matter of almost like slowing down you know and Mm -hmm. and kind of taking that time to either reflect or just simply listen i mean Mm -hmm. and and i think through the afternoon in a museum sessions i mean you get a chance to to kind of sit back and listen but in a way observe if that makes sense. And I, I think there's a lot of lessons from this past year of we were observers to things either that we felt like we didn't have a lot of control and maybe going into 2021, we're halfway through, maybe we do have some control in, you know, stepping out of that observer role into more of a an active mm-hmm. role. Mm-hmm. I hope so. It's just a matter of what we do with that. Oh, yeah. That makes great That sense. is a great segue because I looked at my last two questions, and I think I'm going to combine them because they kind of, they dovetail onto each other, actually. Mm-hmm. So the future, you know, we got a little guy on here, and uh, Ryan's mm-hmm. about to have a little girl. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we, the future is out there. So what are you thinking about, Dina? I mean, you've written some beautiful things in your Facebook page and and I'm sure elsewhere about being a parent, especially of a young Black man growing up. So what what's in the future? Oh, my goodness. I mean, <laughs> that's not a loaded I, question at all. <laughs> no wrong answer, Dina. You know, sometimes Do I we have an extra ball. hour? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm happy to go over. <laughs> we'll just go over here. <laughs> so, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's, I try not, I'm learning that I cannot parent him and guide him out of fear because I think that that's, that, that's where the, the power of hatred and, you know, animosity and, and everything takes away kind of that joy of being a young, you know, black boy. Um, and I'm trying to be intentional and in making sure that he has diverse classrooms, that he has diverse experiences, but just trying not to parent him out of fear, you know, and just, you know, have more of those moments of just, he is Caleb. He has an open slate right now. And I, I, I take it from one day at a time, one year at a time, 
you know, and, and yes, those hard conversations are going to come, but I got to, you know, just hang on, you know? Mm-hmm. I love hearing about your adventures. That's Absolutely. Yeah. Totally awesome. So Ryan, dad to be, what do you think going forward? I can stop sneezing. I'll answer the question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I think I've thought a lot about this because I think like, you know, as I mean, it's hard for me, um, you know, you know, and I think, you know, it matters a lot, you know, not knowing there's a lot you don't know, especially six months in, you know, uh, about about your child, you know, you don't know if they're going to be blind, you don't know if they're going to be whatever until, you know, about six months in. And so really, a lot of it is thinking, and I like what you said, you know, like, everything's a clean slate, you don't, you know, nothing is to be expected. I mean, we don't know where things are going to be in four or five years, um, especially when, when, when school starts, but I think. Yeah, we four- probably learned that this past year. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, I, you know, the comment I was going to make before, you know, we moved on was, I mean, you know, we, we saw, I, uh, you know, a big change, especially even in the past year, just look at looking at this presidential election. I think like, you know, I think, I think somebody said, like, maybe it was Eugenie, like, this is the first ever inauguration team that had a uh, fully inclusive website. Yes. And, that you know, huge. that was, huge. that was huge. And it was the first inauguration that had a fully diverse and accessible day. Like, you know, Ira did our thing, but if you didn't want to watch ours, they did their own. And it was, and it was something that, you know, um, like, and, and it's something small, but like this year, um, the special Olympics is going to be on TV. And like, cool. it's just things like that, that you see that like things are, are different now than they are. And I have to realize that. And I have to think about that as, as a child grows older is things aren't what we, what we see. And I think what you find a lot of times, especially with parents and especially with, with people, um, you know, mine were certainly like this, like it, it's hard to move on. And so you act really like how things were when you grew up and you can't look at it that way. Um, and I think it's really hard to do that, you know, but, and I think nowadays, you know, we try to do it more than we try to, you know, look forward and instead of, instead of back or back where we were or staying stuck in time. But I think, you know, it's really easy to fall into that groove. And I, you know, I, I think just going forward, it's important to realize that your kids really are going to define what they do for themselves. And really, it's you being there to support them. Is, that's what matters. Um, getting Having those hard conversations when they come up, but really not making it a part of their lives until it has to be. Because I think, for me anyway, if somebody were to have told me when I went to school when I was younger that I was going to have to spend half my time self-advocating for every damn thing that I wanted to have. I don't know if I would have wanted to show up for school. <laughs> like, you know, it's those skills that I had to gain by sitting in those, in those meetings and, and, and really learning that, Hey, I, I have to really understand that this is what I need. If somebody would have done that for me, or if somebody would have told me ahead of time, this was going to happen. I don't know if I would have looked at it the way I did. Um, and so really it, it's how you grow up, but it's how, how the influences are around you um, that I think are, are, are huge enough uh, for me. 
Um, and I think that if we have the right influences going forward, not even just with children, right, but with each other, if we have the right influences going forward, if we respect our our friends and neighbors, if we if we do, I mean, it sounds so silly, but if we treat others the way they want to be treated, like you're going to grow and have a better world than if you go and you thrust your views on somebody else or you you push and make things the way that you feel they need to be which you know is tv uh, so <laughs> avoid tv no um <laughs> but um you know i i think that's just it right you know just be with each other not against each other um and that's moving forward and that's the future um and you know, that's, I, I don't really know how to say anything else aside from that. Just civility, <laughs> civility and respect. Yeah. Civility. I mean, yep. we've fallen far, far away from civility. Yep. Because we you have. can agree to disagree. You can have very passion, compassion debate about things. Um, and, and, you know, those who are, in, you know, who enjoy debate will tell you, you know, you can really get and, you know, uh, engaged, and that's wonderful. We saw because, that this year. And in true debate, the end goal is, to, well, of course, you know, if you're in, in debate um, uh, competition, of course, the goal is to win, but the other is, uh, goal is to inform. And so in yeah. a debate where argument and rebuttal are taken seriously and it's done the way debate is, is structured to be done, you can come away learning even when you say, I still don't agree with you, but I've learned something. So that's where I think civility would help um, in our society, mm-hmm. that, that we can just say, okay, we're going to agree to disagree, or I respect your position. I just don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. And have people say, well, okay, you know, but we've lost that. Yeah, we're digging into trenches too much. Like we're not giving up and like, it's, that's part of it. It's compromise. That's how you get by in life. <laughs> you give and you take, you give and you take, you, you know, you speak and you listen. That's, that's what mm-hmm. it is. I'm, I'm excited for that. I, for me, I think this past year really allowed myself to get more, uh, more in tune with myself to know what I am more passionate about, where I can fit into the puzzle, you know, to, to help, to listen, you know, cause beforehand I was great. This, Let's learn. Let's listen. Let's let's talk. Let's convince everybody in the world to get on board with you. And no, that's that's not quite how it is. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the just the the future of of us. You know, we are. I feel like kind of getting away from that social media animosity. Um, and granted, to the social media and big tech companies, I have seen more accessibility commercials on TV yes. this past yep. two months, and I am like. Yes, it's like out there. It's in the mainstream now. Like everyone's getting brought up to speed. I mean, when the first successful video game came out, that's where people were just like, "Whoa!" You know. I know. It's like disability is cool now. And and, you know, I I feel like you just have to say it. Like, thank you, Clubhouse. Like, yes. I think Clubhouse changed the world for everybody. You know. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And, And it changed it in a couple ways. First of all, you know, people came to them and said, "Accessibility, hello." And they made it happen like that. It was like, oh, oh, we're sorry. Oh, well, let's just make it. Well, happen. I think it's bigger than that, right? Like I opened yeah. Clubhouse right before this because, you know, granted, I 
was checking to see if Janine had scheduled this on Clubhouse. <laughs> but I, well, we I, this on Clubhouse, I, um, I, I, I opened it up and I saw uh, not one, not two, but I saw five Juneteenth conversations with oh, like several yeah. hundred people. Nice. And you wouldn't see that on Facebook. No. Right. I mean, you wouldn't yeah. see that on, tw- I mean, if you saw it on Twitter, it'd be people, you know, uh, be hate messaging, right? But uh, you, you, you know, on Clubhouse, it, it's different. People are more open with each other, I think. Well, that's and, because I think there's no video and you're not well, there doing you go. that whole video <laughs> dance. And luckily there are some apps now that will allow people who have hearing difficulties to participate. They can actually participate mm-hmm. now, which is great. We've got club deck and i'm sure i think there are probably a couple other apps and i'm sure that the folks on clubhouse would are not intentionally you know excluding people with hearing loss um they just want to do it in such a way that it maintains the integrity of the the, the medium mm-hmm. yeah. but mm-hmm. i think us constantly if we learn one thing this year about zoom communication we're all sick of zoom <laughs> <laughs> we love you zoom we could not do what we are doing without you but I think we're all tired of looking at a little squares and ourselves. You saw Zoom did it. Square. <laughs> I mean, you saw Zoom did it though. I mean, they enabled yeah. live transcription. Sure. Yeah, and it's um, not perfect, but no, we're glad we have it. And it is here to stay. Here, yep. Oh, it I've seen it on just about every app now that that yeah. does this kind of thing has live transcription, mm-hmm. for good or bad. Um, it is there, and so well, I want to thank all of you. This has been incredible <laughs> i was joking the other day in our customer care meeting that i've cried more since i've been at this company but it's been a good cry though it's been a healthy kind <laughs> of you know <laughs> release emotion cry and um I just you didn't go to work thinking you were going to cry but you know, yeah. it's... <laughs> oh, no. people know me. Work today. yes people who know me know that i do not cry i am not a crier to my detriment Uh i am not a crier (laughs) that might be changing now janine oh my god i mean things you know things since i've come to ira have really touched me and it's kind of like in the guide dog world too you see people taking back their independence and taking back or discovering that they have independence in the first place and that's that's what i'm hoping comes out of juneteenth to come as people get to take back their independence Mm -hmm. or discover that they have it and that they are in control and that you know they don't have to accept all of this crap that is around and you know they can make their neighborhoods their communities better places I will yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I just yeah. throw something in real quick? Absolutely. Just really quick. Absolutely. I'm think... gonna do final thoughts. Let's start oh, with you. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> final thoughts then. I what I love and appreciate, um, if we look for the positives that have come away from the pandemic is um oral histories, sharing oral histories. Yes. The various venues for sharing them. Um, people doing it through spoken word, poetry, but uh, oral, uh, my personal interest is being oral because for me, hearing, and I, and I think about the um, Negro Leagues Baseball Museum and that beautiful podcast, oh, Black Diamonds. I am hooked it's, on that podcast. Oh, I love that podcast oh, man. now. Oh my god! I love it. I love it. And they, the, the learning of the history, just, just again, through them and sharing the history um, 
of um, African Americans, Black Americans of African descent, whichever you prefer, uh, through the baseball stories of these men and women, because there was a woman oh, yeah. who uh, co-owned a team uh, until her yep. husband passed away, and then she was the owner, mm-hmm. Newark Eagles. And um, the point I'm saying all that to say is, I think when we know our history, uh, and I'm not just going to say this for Black Americans, but when we know our history, um, we can take a different um, approach to what we do in our future so we can learn from our history. These men um, in the game, they really went through a lot of struggle, just to put it mild, they struggled a lot. But when you listen to the program and go to the museum and read the statistics and go through the exhibits, you realize what great accomplishments they had. And so from that, I take, so we are a resilient people. We can do anything we set our mind to do. So in the face of opposition, in the face of hate and um, all that comes with that sort of hate, and yes, we're still trying 420 something years, you know, since 1619 or 402 years since 1619. All of that though, I'm still encouraged because we have history, we have hope, we have allies, we have um, a lot of, uh, a lot more positives than negatives. And so that's my final thought. And I want to thank you, Janine, again, and, and Ira and Troy and Ryan, all of you guys for being so welcoming to me as a co-host of Afternoon at the Museum. It, this has just been one of the best experiences. It's not over, you know. No, I, I just want to say thank you now. I mean, I'm not going to wait until season two to say <laughs> Thank you now for the opportunity. <laughs> we appreciate you stepping up, Stephanie, and thank you so much. So, Ryan, you got a couple final words for us? You had to make me go second. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> um, gosh, um, where do I start? Uh, you know, I think looking back on this past year, um, I think we've all come a, a long ways. Um, I think that in in hindsight, I think the pandemic I'm not saying it was a good thing because, you know, it it definitely wasn't, but I think it helped us to really learn more about who we were um, and really opened up our eyes uh, to, to issues that were going on. Um, People had more time to, to watch things unfold. People had more time to see things. And I think that going forward, I hope that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll look more at our friends. We'll look more at our, our, our neighbors and really be, go back to that 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 interest and in, and in, in wanting to help each other and wanting to be there for each other instead of be there for against each other mm-hmm. you know um i i i see so many ways um where where we've improved i've improved as a person you know especially in this past year um and i think that you know when we when we come back here in a year and we do this, you know, if we do this feature reflections again, you know, we'll look back at this and say, you know, we, we came out of a pandemic, we came out of all this, but I think more or less it goes down to, you know, we, we, we sit here, we all talk about this and we, you know, we look at it, but the world is, is really, 
and I think, like, and, and you tell your kids this too, like the world is a great place. I think it's really how, you know, we look at each other and how we see each other going forward is really what's going to make the difference. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think um, we, we had a big thing happen this year. Um, and that's the recognizing of Juneteenth, you know, and I think like um, every federal company, every company that I know, um, including ours, is now uh, recognizing this as, as a federal day. And I think that's important. You know, um, the first step to fixing a problem or the first step to even solving anything is to recognize it. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, we're, we're there now. And I hope that, you know, in the next couple of years, we, we become more united um, and we become more, um, more together. And, you know, I just, I want to thank Ira, uh, especially uh, for letting us have this conversation. Us, Troy, like, you know, not many companies will let, um, I think this is a really big topic that we've done today, you know, uh, just looking at it, like we've done a lot of museums, we've done a lot of things, but to reflect on the past year um, and to really come together as, 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 as employees, as friends, as, you know, whatever that may be and, and say, hey, this is what happened this year. Um, it's huge. And so, you know, just a thanks to Ira. Um, thanks to uh, everybody who's joined us today, uh, who, who's, who sat through this, who's gone through our museums, who've yeah, been a part of our live things. Like, with us. Um, it's been, uh, you're, you're appreciated, all of you, um, all of our explorers, especially. Um, and thanks for joining this ride with us, uh, you know, and I, and I look forward to season two. oh man you guys are getting harder and harder to top here and now from one of the people who gets to see a lot of those explorers on a daily basis kyle what's on your mind final thoughts final thoughts let's see i mean one thing i've learned that i think everyone has to a degree over the course of the pandemic specifically is to not judge yourself so harshly. Yes, some people may have gotten into their peak physical shape during the pandemic. And yeah, other people may have not left the couch much. And that is okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It was just something to me that like truly, you know, being kind to yourself, you've always heard that be kind to others. But to me, it's more like having grace, like be graceful with yourself. You're you're a human, humans are messy. You're going to make mistakes as long as you get back up and do better the next time, I think that's what our experience is about. And I think all of us, you know, sitting back and getting to observe everything over this past year um, is going to allow us to kind of step out of that with a lot more vigor and, uh, you know, come out there, find those common denominators with other people, find those common interests, because it's probably way more of those than differences, (laughs) and work together to actually create some action. And uh, that's what I'm excited about. Just be graceful, with everybody we all have been through a lot you know and just take it once one day at a time and plan for big things but work in small steps to get there all right and last but not least tina and caleb what's what's the future looking <laughs> like all right well um more popsicles I, yeah I, I think definitely um let's see let's see all right so i think i'm unmuted um yep. So if anybody's been watching my video um, as I've you know been on here, 
Uh, I think Caleb has been listening to what you were saying because we are actually at a baseball field. And what? <laughs> so it's almost like the best backdrop to uh, to what, you know, we're, we're talking about here. Uh, not only for some of the, the great uh, finds that you've had, you know, through the afternoon at the museum, but just um, kind of observing his behavior in that um, we were kind of watching for a few minutes a group of older very diverse uh, group of uh, baseball players you know throwing balls and and catching them and he's just watching and observing and then now um, (laughs) as I'm trying to keep him you know going he's you know he's actually throwing the ball just like them so it's kind of like this this analogy for just you know, hopefully we, we have other companies and, and different viewers that find, you know, this, you know, conversation that will kind of model after Ira and, and take the chance and, and have the conversations, you know, and and really take, you know, stock of where we've been and where we have to go. I know that, um, you know, we have this great holiday. It's it, we, we had the day off and a lot of us found ourselves with a day off. But you know, let's take that next step in and seeing where we can go with it. We know we have a lot of work to do, um, but there's a lot of strength that is being modeled out there for us. And so, and and that's what I hope for, for Caleb, you know, as he's kind of watching these older guys, you know, play baseball, you know, I wonder what's <laughs> going in his mind of, hey, I could do that too. And I, I think that's what, you know, I want for myself and I want for a lot of, you know, our, our explorers out there. Awesome. I love the visual. Do you have any final words? Can yeah. you say bye-bye? Bye-bye. <laughs> uh-huh. Bye, Caleb. Bye, Caleb. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't top that. I can't. <laughs> and now I am going to cry, darn it. Um, so I want everybody to know that tomorrow, which is actually Juneteenth, uh, we will have a special that will be airing on our YouTube channel and on various other places, right, Ryan? And uh, it's kind of our celebration of Juneteenth. We have some of our museum clips. We have some thoughts from agents, which are just beautiful. And then we're going to bring you the signing ceremony. Thank you so much, Kyle, for doing agent magic Mm -hmm. with it, dusting it with agent magic. And uh, (laughs) so we will have that for you tomorrow. That will air at 1 p.m. Eastern time, 10 a.m., Pacific time. So time enough for you to have fun on the day and take advantage of our Juneteenth offer, which will be in the IRA app. And that will be, you can tap on apply a free access offer and then promotions and you will see the Juneteenth offer in there. All right. Well, thank you all. Thank you so much. My my co-pilot here, Ryan Bishop. I will mention that offer will go into the app tonight at 12 Pacific time. So um 12 a.m pacific Pacific time in case it's like 12 o'clock in your time zone it's not there it's 12 pacific (laughs) time so three eastern eastern if you're up at three eastern doing juneteenth stuff good on you okay (laughs) that's not gonna be me but well i mentioned that because our people in the uk and oh that's right yes because um, this is an international offer you guys so if you all want to know what we're going on and on about in the u.s about juneteenth please take advantage because and please don't ask me to convert that to uk time i suck um, at it uh, <laughs> <laughs> i should uh, think 
it's around eight o'clock in the morning. That is the one thing yep. that I didn't get good during COVID was the uh, time zone aspect of life. That, but, that's why they you need know. the Amazon speakers, the A lady, because you can ask her anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Janine, you are awesome. spot on. Eight. A.M. Friday. A.M. Yep. Janine, you got good during that. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's um, believe me, it's sheer luck. <laughs> and thank you so much, Kyle. You have been one of the leaders of our initiative to get more people in minority communities interested in IRA, excited about IRA, helping our staff with anything that they need in terms of quality and inclusion and all that good stuff. Thank you so much. And thank you for the great description of the bill signing. Anytime. Glad to be a part of this awesome effort. And hey, surrounded by wonderful people, you got to live up to all the awesomeness around you. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was so excited because I didn't realize that my representative, Joyce Beatty, was up there on the stage and got one of the pens. That was pretty cool. So I was like, oh my gosh, I know her. <laughs> and a big thank you to dina and caleb for coming to us from the baseball fields yeah thank you so much (laughs) thank you for having us (laughs) oh absolutely we won't we won't have you anytime you want to join us i was gonna say (laughs) 15 years from now we're gonna have we'll have caleb and your little girl and they'll be doing the show And we'll be sitting in the audience because that's how it works. Exactly. 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 Oh my gosh. And thank you so much to my host of Afternoon at the Museum and uh, fellow airplane enthusiast. Thank you so much, Stephanie. (laughs) Woo! And we still have to get to the, uh, well, a couple of the airplane museums that are. There's so many more museums. So many. On and, our list. <laughs> and I want to plug in one more agent, Julia. She, I yes. think, was the agent that I uh, had the most time in with us. Yes. And thank you, Julia. Um, Katarina, I think it is. You if will hear um, right. Sierra. Katarina, Sierra, Wendell, Caleb. Oh, my friend, Christopher, Christopher Thornton. Christopher. Yes. Yeah. 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 All yeah. of you guys. Thank you all so much for being with us today. We appreciate you listening to us. And uh, hey, any questions or comments, you know where to find us right here at IRA.